Welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, an inclusive jobs and career space for women and non-binary individuals. My name is Zoe Jones. I am your host. I'm a careers coach, life coach, marketer and yoga teacher, and I've worked for some of the biggest corporations in the world. But right now I'm committed to breaking down barriers to change the narrative surrounding gender equality and diversity at work. So whether you're a HR leader or a job seeker looking to dive into a male-dominated industry, this podcast is for you. Each week we'll have real, open and honest conversations about diversity at work, discrimination, the gender pay gap and everything in between. I'll raise topical debates about women at work, I'll speak to industry leaders and I can't wait to offer some career-related meditation and manifestation extra special bonus podcasts, so watch out for those. I am so happy to have you here. Grab yourself a hot drink and settle down for the Jobs for Women podcast. This week's episode is the recording from our Women at Work survey, the webinar that we ran. So if you couldn't join us live, then you can listen to the survey results right here. Enjoy. everyone really excited to have you all here today um a special day as we all know it's international women's day and we are going to be talking today about a survey that we've run called our women at work survey and we've been blown away to be honest with them with the response uh, from women that were keen to participate um, and share their experiences. So just quickly uh, for the agenda, we'll be about 20 to 30 minutes. We're gonna be talking about jobs for women, why I set jobs for women up, um, going through the key findings of the survey of the survey and then we'll be sort of doing a summary i've got two screens so if it looks like i'm not looking at the screen don't think i'm looking off into the distance and i'm not involved um so although i'm techie in that respect i have been unable to live stream on linkedin but hey that's life isn't it so why jobs for women my name is zoe hayden jones uh, my background is pr and marketing i spent a large part of my corporate career in london i experienced gender bias misogyny sexism you name it um my first taste of the gender pay gap was when i was an intern and my manager pulled me into the stairwell after she'd had a um, a promotion at work and said, Zoe, nobody talks about salaries, but if I was a man, I would be paid 10 grand more. And it was like this awakening to, hey, whoa, what's going on here? And I think the seed was planted um, for equality for women. And then obviously carried on with my career in London and now the time feels right to draw on my experiences, bring my network together and create something really unique for women in the UK. So we are, some of us might know we're a jobs board and a podcast, but we're so much more than that. We are really investing in our community of untapped, ambitious female talent. Um, we are planning to be the UK's only DE&I solution for recruiting women in, women in the UK. And we're really excited about that because we are empowering women through training um, through our unique membership platform, which is really exciting. It launches this summer and it's careers and well-being. So I'm also a yoga teacher and I have been victim to jobs where the hours were crazy and we had to work evenings and weekends. So a lot of the the core of the business is about well-being, looking after your mental health whilst being the best you can be or uh, climb the ladder as far as, as you want to climb. 
Um, so we're looking to partner with equitable companies that are really committed to supporting women, not just doing a tick box exercise, really getting behind women and making the, the workplace a nice supportive place for women to be. What we're really, really excited about is our our approach to early careers. So we're already speaking to colleges in the UK and when we launch our wellbeing and careers platform, it's going to be entirely free for 16 to 19 year old young women. And there's a reason for this. Um, when we were speaking to the colleges, we know that there's lots of underrepresented groups. There's lots of young people that do not have that support at home, maybe role models, um, people in their family that have perhaps gone into higher education before them. So we are opening this channel, a direct channel to train them and help them and offer uh, mentors and networking opportunities. So we're really, really excited about that. And the colleges that we've spoken to are also on board and really excited. And that will mean we'll be the go-to recruitment solution for early careers, um, for companies that are, are looking to increase the number of women in their early careers. And we know there's a lot of companies with those targets already. So we can help increase women in leadership statistics. As I said, increase women in early careers targets, reach more students and grads, and just help companies be recognized as a champion in the DEI space because you know, there's a lot of companies doing incredible things. Um, so straight into the survey, Women at Work survey, why did we do it? We ran the survey to better understand what women are experiencing. And um, when you get the slide deck, it will be more comprehensive because I think the golden nuggets in the survey findings were a lot of the personal experiences that, that women have gone through. And it was really interesting to see all sides of, of the spectrum. This isn't a man bash bashing exercise. We know that um, gender equality is, is an issue for everybody. And the more we work together, the more we can really start to, to make that change. Um, so we surveyed 250 women aged 18 to 65 across England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and the US. It was completely anonymous. The majority of the respondents, um, as you can see, uh, work full time. We had a range of industries and in our next survey, we're really going to drill down um, a little bit more into detail into industries. We were underrepresented for ethnic minority groups. So the majority were white at 84.9%. So again, that's a target for our next survey. And some of the areas we focused on were microaggressions, unconscious bias, gender pay gap, flexible working, Imposter syndrome, I won't read them all out because um, we'll talk about that in the next few slides. So misogyny, unconscious bias, microaggressions. I've included um, some of the comments. Um, again, I'll send out a link with a lot with more comprehensive um, uh, quotes on there because like I say, it's, it's really eye-opening and it's really interesting. And some of the some of the feedback you know companies can be using to to make real change in their organizations so 74.8 experienced misogynistic language 76.4 talked over in team meetings 64 was uh, across the board for unconscious bias and microaggressions there was lots of recurring themes on either currently or in past experiences, comments on women's appearance, on women's appearance, sexual uh, and sexualization. Um, a lot of women reported experiencing or hearing misogyny or misogynistic comments where, and it wasn't directed at them, but just being aware that it was being spoken in, you know, an open space. 
and um we talked as well well some of the respondents talked about you know calling out behavior and i think that's a movement that's really happening and something we've talked about in our past webinars that we've run you know taking action stepping forward and, and calling out behavior when you either hear it or see it um and then to move on another theme derogatory language sexist jokes um there was references to time of the month uh, do you need some chocolate you know really really terrible um sort of sexism that's happening in their personal experiences that they shared in the survey um, a very, very common theme was women being assumed to be sort of secondary to men in a work situation. So going into a team meeting or a meeting with a client and the client directing um, directing the questions to the to the men in the room, even though the women um, a lot of the times were more senior, which I thought was really interesting and asked to take on more junior roles. Um, I've created a TikTok channel and that's been a great way to have lots of dialogue with uh, women all over the world. And, and that seems to be a real recurring thing, sort of asked to take minutes, uh, make teas and coffees. Um, so that was really interesting that that's, you know, still happening. We also asked about authority and imposter syndrome. Um, 71.3% of women said they felt that they had to work harder to gain respect. Um, I've talked about sort of you know, um, more junior sort of tasks and roles, but assumptions that women are less junior than they are, therefore not taken as seriously. Um, I mean, some of the comments that came in, you know, some of the women that responded work in male dominated industries. So perhaps if, you know, in their opinion, they said they felt that because they were the only woman in the room, there was the general assumption that they were more junior. Gender stereotype language came up loads um, throughout the survey. Uh, an example I've put there is the HR girls. And this particular woman that responded said, we're a team of 40 plus, age 40 plus women. So to be referred to as the HR girls, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's not acceptable. What was interesting when we looked at that question was how thoughts have changed. So when some of the women said that in their earlier stages of the career, they perhaps not everybody, but they didn't mind it as much. Um, but as they've got older, it's, it's become, um, it's become something that they won't accept. And it does make you sort of question whether it is a movement that's happening, the fact that we're having these conversations more, or perhaps that as we get older, it, it, it's a lack of respect being referred to as a girl in a work environment um, when you're a woman over a certain age. They're questions that we can really start to explore. Imposter syndrome we know is a is a big one. Imposter syndrome is everywhere. Um, there's there's people really that agree with imposter syndrome and people that don't. 78.3% um, of the women we surveyed said they'd experienced it. But what's key to point out here that 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 percentage isn't exclusive to the treatment or or of being a woman a recurring theme was a lack of confidence and we asked a question later on um which is in the next slide about empowerment of of women and whether women are more empowered now compared to five to ten years ago and there was a sort of a resounding um discussion and feedback on this growing in confidence in your role and in your experience can really help with imposter syndrome. But as we can see from the statistics, it, it is still still quite high. Um, and some of the comments, um, someone said women with children have 
uh, consistently have to actively demonstrate that their status as working parents is not detrimental to their colleagues. Men with children do not encounter the same attitude. Um, and then in relation to imposter syndrome, I have imposter syndrome all the time. Basically of my age, I had a long gap in my career as I was raising my family. This led to a skills gap, which I am filling, but it is intimidating and does lead to self-confidence issues. So in our next survey, I really want to drill down into that, you know, where is the imposter syndrome, syndrome coming from? If it's related to a skills gap when um, women, I know we've got more shared parental leave now, which is fantastic to see and a lot more companies encouraging that. Um, but is it is it related? Is there a link back to perhaps when uh, women that choose to have children perhaps take a year, a couple of years or longer off? So I'd really like to delve into that a little bit deeper. Um, and then I've already talked about um, mistaken for a junior role. Yeah, really interesting. That came up so much and authority questioned at 75.6%. I just jumped around a little bit then. Um, we Something that's coming up a lot in our webinars is um, retention of women. When we did our women in engineering webinar, there's a high retention, uh, there's a low retention rate. So a high number of women are leaving. So and when we've been speaking to companies um, that we're looking to partner with, um, a particular company really wanted to look into the retention of women after they've had children. So perhaps they're coming back after having children and there's a high percentage that are leaving. So I really want to delve deeper next time into retention and why women are leaving. We know women's health is a, is a big one. Um, we know menopause is so topical, especially women in the later stages of their career when they're sort of at the top of their game and earning the most money. And we know that adds to the gender pay gap. So 25.2% of those respondents left a role due to the treatment as a woman. Um, and I've already touched a little bit on women's health issues. It was good to see that just under 30 had support for women's health issues, but we definitely want to see that increased, um, especially as we're you know, having much more open, honest conversations about it. What was interesting is the differing opinion. So a lot of women um, who perhaps have just been recently diagnosed with um, women's related health issues um, really wanted more support flexible working so that on the days that they're struggling and in pain they can make their work fit around it a couple of respondents said um, they don't think we should be shining a light on it and it can potentially um, cause resentment in the workplace by making it into a big thing um, people suffering with other conditions conditions might start to uh, feel resentful but I loved that she gave an, another option uh, she said a strategy of raising awareness about female specific health issues and working to remove stigma around these would help so I think that's really interesting I think that needs to be potentially you know two separate um, approaches I know each organization is different um, some of the companies we've been speaking to have been considering period days and period policies and obviously each organization is is so different in their approach um, but I think it's having this this open dialogue this open uh, conversation so you know when we think about 10 20 years ago we weren't talking about menopause at work we weren't talking about periods and endometriosis and the things that women are going through so the more we can make it 
non-taboo and, and have the conversations perhaps it doesn't need to be a strict set policy if people have the education to understand what women in the workplace are going through and then companies can support them and retain them which is so so important um and yeah i've said about so that's the other theme about shining the light can cause resentment i'd love to know what you think if you do have any thoughts on that because that was it was great to see both sides um of that um and someone else said, I really disagree with over medicalizing what is a natural process, menopause. It can be used as an excuse and does not always show women in the best light, i.e. the capable, highly skilled professionals that we are. Um, so yeah, really interesting. I mean, we could do a whole talk just on women's health. It's fascinating. We of course asked about the gender, uh, gender pay gap. Uh, we also looked into whether women feel valued at work. Um, 36.1% um, know that they're paid less than men. Obviously, there was a big chunk of not sure. And then obviously the other portion um, was the other side of the coin. Um, they uh, weren't paid less. Um, what was interesting is 16.8% have asked for gender pay gap reporting. Um, we don't always think to ask, do we? I know I did in, in the early stages of my career. I've been for jobs before and wanted more money and never asked at the interview process and just accepted what I was offered. Um, but when you're in post, um, encouraging women to, you know, ask for the information, it's readily available. Um, so that percentage was really low. Um, and someone had said, I never thought to ask for the gender pay gap reports, but I feel more aware of this issue now. So I will in future. And again, having the conversations, it's okay to ask. Same with if you need support with anything in the workplace, whether it's fertility, uh, women's health, mental health, trouble at home. It's like, let's have these conversations and let's make the work work for women. Um, we asked whether respondents waited to have children. I know this came up for me in the later stages of my career in London, um, worked in a in a fast paced organization in the media and nobody was having kids. And I remember speaking to my best friend saying, oh, I don't know when to have kids and, and actively thinking I need to put it off for my career. So over two thirds of the respondents um, did not wait to have children, but it was interesting again to delve into the comments that they knew their career would be affected. So they still went ahead, which is brilliant, but sad to think that um, that they knew that their career might be sort of put on hold. Um, and we've got a quote here, because of my age, I had a long gap in my career as, as I was raising my family. This led to a skills gap, which I am filling, but it is intimidating and does lead to self-confidence issues. So that's really interesting. Someone else said she was 30 when she had a first child. She had a very stressful job and a manager who was overtly against us having children. Again, managers, sharing their opinions on women's bodies when they should and shouldn't have um children whole other um topic of conversation and it's and it's having those policies in place um to support women if they're thinking about having children so you know if you're an organization and you're recruiting a, a woman being really open um about what what you can offer whether that you know it's obviously you're never going to ask the question but knowing so they don't have to find the information elsewhere what's the um maternity leave like what's the pay like open and transparency is is definitely the way forward um i love that 66.7 feel valued that was positive but we need to get that even higher so in terms of empowerment i touched on that a little bit earlier um 85.7 percent said they feel more empowered um 
I'd like to think that's a little bit of everything. The fact that we're having these conversations like this today. Um, I like to think that my daughter is going to be empowered when she comes to the age where she's deciding on what career she uh, she wants. And some of the comments were interesting. Uh, again, I touched on it earlier a lot about confidence, finding your voice, um, knowing that you can you, you know you can speak up and and you know, feel empowered in the workplace. And this is what a, a lot about what we're doing with our membership. And by offering our careers and wellbeing platform to 16 to 19 year olds, that for me was such a pivotal point in my career, deciding what to do at university, thinking about A-levels. I know they've got a different name now, showing my age. Um, it is a crucial stage in our life. And if we can empower young women now to use their voice, to educate them on financial literacy so they know what salary to ask for, so they can be confident to go out and get what they deserve, then I think that we're gonna see a, a, a big shift. So that was really, really um, great to see that that, that number was high. 77.1% uh, have female, female role models already. A lot of that has come back through our webinars that we need more at the top and we don't just want a token woman at the top we don't want a token role model we want to see it infiltrated throughout the organization so that it's not just a tick box exercise so it's really positive to see that there was 77.1 percent um and yeah companies offering um training that was a really high percentage other people that perhaps voted against that um said that they think it's up to the individuals to to educate themselves but it's really high in favor of companies really educating and offering on discrimination in the workplace and DE and I. Um, 97.7 said women make good leaders. Obviously it's important to mention here in this comment, women and make, men make good leaders. So we're not saying men don't, it's just that um, as a collective and as the respondents said that women do make um, good leaders. Um, yes, yeah, so I think we've got one more. Oh no, so that brings us to the end. So when I send out the slides, there'll be um, a little bit more detail on those. So we're coming to the end of the session. Um, I just wanted to touch on the fact that today is International Women's Day. Um, at Jobs for Women, we're about gender equality every single day. So we don't need a token day to talk about women at work. So it is pertinent that the theme is embrace equity. Um, our survey shows there's a definite gap in this area. There's more that needs to be done. But I think the more conversations we have, um, the more we can really start to make change. And that's what we're about at Jobs for Women. It's about action, making real positive change um, and creating environments where women, like I said at the beginning, where work will work for women, where they can thrive, where they can stop and have children if they so choose to have them. And they can come back into an organization and be supported and climb the ladder if they desire to do so. Um, and I've got some, uh, suggestions on the next slide. Um, just one second. Yeah, so in summary, there's loads that we can be doing and this isn't anything new, um, but really looking at the results, um, what was coming through from the comments is about education, um, having these you know education pieces in place so that there is training and programs to address things like unconscious bias. There's tests that you can do online. You know, if companies really take hold of this, then we can start to make some grassroots changes. Um, promotion, promotion of diversity and inclusion. It's all about the workplace culture and supporting that. And again, like I said, we don't just want it a tick box. We don't want a token woman at the top. We wanna to see it infiltrated throughout. 
flexible work options and parental leave. I've put exit interviews as well because um, a company that we spoke to that I mentioned earlier said that, you know, there was a high turnover of women leaving after they've had mat leave. And we know it's expensive to recruit. So it's really important that organizations are retaining women, especially, you know, for the bigger picture, gender pay gap, we need to be re retaining women, you know, in the latest stages of their career that perhaps might be leaving due to things like the menopause, but not limited to. So exit interviews, and that's what um, I talked to uh, about this uh, global company about, about exit interviews and really drilling down into finding out why. And someone actually wrote, one of the respondents wrote about exit interviews, like, you know, find out what is happening for women and why it's not working for them. Um, pay disparities, transparency, gender pay gap reporting, encouraging women to ask, you know, find out what, what are the pay figures like? Don't, don't leave it up to the organization to just do their annual, um, you know, report findings, ask, um, and then policies to prevent harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And like I've said, resources, really clear ways to report and address harassment in some of the webinars that we talked about, especially in male dominated industries, we did a women in property webinar. Um, and some of the anecdotes were, you know, quite shocking, um, sort of, you know, and these are real life experiences that, that women are going through. So knowing that there's a clear route and a, a transparent way to report that kind of behavior without feeling singled out or that you can't use your voice is really important. Um, so yeah, that brings us to the end. I'm, um, if you've got any questions, do let me know. Um, we did start a little bit late, but I was really keen to finish on time today. I am going to email out uh, a copy of the slides and the recording. Um, but if anyone has any questions, feel free um, to ask a question. Anything is welcome. And it was just such a pleasure to be able to share uh, the findings with you all today because, um, you know, we we ran the survey and we were really bowled over um, so thank you. Thanks for all your comments. Brilliant. Um, yeah, thank you for your comments. I don't think there's anything that's come up specifically. You're welcome, everyone. So thank you so much. Um, expect an email either today or tomorrow. And do drop me an email if you want to um, have a chat about your recruitment of women or anything that we've talked about. Thank you so much for joining me. See you soon. So that's it for another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I'm so glad you were here for another week. Um, I know I ran that session as a webinar and I've popped it onto the podcast, but it's been such a huge piece of work for us at Jobs for Women. We are so grateful to every single person that shared their personal experiences and their thoughts on women in the workplace. And our survey next year, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into different areas. So I'm already sort of preparing... Um, the questions for that so that's exciting what really came up and what was interesting is you know the comments from women their personal experiences and I feel like that's where the golden nuggets are that's you know reading about what women are either have gone through or are going through and how we can start to help companies implement real changes uh, for example when we talked about women's health the majority of women want to see more um, support from 
uh, organizations, 29.8% already had support, which is good, but we obviously need that increasing. And it was great to read different differing opinions. So some women said, you know, if we shine a light on women's health, then it could end up causing resentment, not just from men, but from people suffering with other conditions. Um making life difficult for managers, you know, to, to do their job and manage. Um, so this particular respondent set suggested uh, a strategy of raising awareness about female-specific health issues, working to remove stigma, which I think is really important. Um, and this respondent said that she's not convinced introducing policies or legislation would be the right approach. So it's really interesting to hear both sides Um Another person said she disagrees with over-medicalizing what is a natural process, i.e. menopause, um, and it could be used as an excuse and does not always show women in the best light, i.e. the capable, highly skilled professionals that we are. I think I read that out um, in the recording. But yeah, it, it was it was incredible. Uh, there's loads more we need to do. I thought it was interesting that only 16.8% have asked for gender pay gap reporting to find out what colleagues earn. So, you know, a message to women out there to ask, you know, the information is available and companies need to stand up now and be transparent. So it's kind of like finding that confidence and that empowerment to, you know, ask the right questions, to know what you should be earning, look at um, industry figures, look at what competitor companies are paying. Um, and yeah, speak up, use your voice. Um 29% waited to have children. I thought that was interesting. I really want to delve a little bit deeper into that. What I did love is 85.7 feeling more empowered at work compared to five to 10 years ago. Because I know I certainly do. And I do wonder if it comes with time or whether there's a bit of a movement and that we're talking about these issues that are affecting women that we weren't talking about 10, 15, 20 years ago. So so much more on this. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. Uh, again, special thanks to everyone that completed the survey or shared it for us. Um, you are a part of this community and you are what makes Jobs for Women work. Um, we could not do that this without you. So thank you. Um, and if you want a fuller breakdown or the PDF version of the survey, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You can just drop your name and email address and you will get that emailed over to you. If you are looking to recruit more women in your organization or you want to increase your women in leadership figures or your women in early careers get in touch email us hello at jobsforwomen.co.uk if you would like to um uh, put yourself forward to become to be interviewed on the podcast i'd love to hear from you you can email me at the same email address that's it for this week take care of yourselves have a great week and i'll see you soon